I'm glad to be here. Welcome. So glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here with my South Campus family. Love you guys. It's been a while, all right? But I'm glad to be here. Hey, we are starting a brand new series this summer called Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. I heard a whoop whoop. Yeah, all right. Hey, uh, the Psalms. Just a quick, quick intro to this series. The Psalms are rich. The Psalms are full. Anything you are going through in your life, whether it's a good thing, a bad thing, or something in between, there is a psalm to go with it. And all throughout the high times and the low times in my life, there has been a psalm that's been my companion. And so today I'm actually going to talk about one of the psalms that's been my companion through many a restless night, uh, Psalm chapter 4. And we're going to talk today about uh, rest, we're going to talk about sleep, and hopefully you're not falling asleep or catching up on sleep during this talk about sleep. And I hope it's actually going to be very helpful. So anyway, uh, if you don't, if you haven't, like in your reading time, go just just wade through the Psalms and explore and let God reveal um, his truth to you. And uh, they will be there to comfort you. They will be there to encourage you uh, like they were for me and so many others. So sleep. All right. Uh, my son, Samuel, is three years old. Uh, he is rambunctious. If, you, if, if any of you serve in back there and you have him, like you know he's rambunctious and we're working on it, working on the respect. If you were here for Christmas Eve, he was the little bebopper standing right here with the khakis, the white shirt, and the suspenders, and he was like all over the place. Uh, he's a rambunctious guy. But one morning he came in, uh, Sunday morning, and he walked right up to Cameron Moore, uh, who's leading worship. He walked right up to Cameron, and Cameron's like, dude, Samuel, what's up? How are you doing? Samuel goes, I'm so tired. <laughs> it's uncharacteristic for him. But I think Samuel said what a lot of us think and feel, not just on Sunday, but most days. Like, you ever just thought that in, inside or maybe even outside? Like, I'm so tired. Like, Rick, you ever, like, you're tired, right? No, you're, you're never tired, are you? You're always like, you're ready to go. But for the rest of us, some of us, we get tired. And we get weary. And maybe you're not sleepy. But maybe you're just weary, burdened, heavy-hearted. And so I want to talk today a little bit about sleep and rest. And so I did some research about, like, what are the top things that keep us up at night? And some of these might be familiar to you. These are general categories of, of the things that keep us up at night. Number one is uh, lack of exercise. You know, exercise can be great at uh, just releasing the tension, but a lot of times we skip exercise because we're stressed or worried or we don't have time for it. But a lack of exercise can keep us up at night or, uh, or even exercising too close to the time that we go to sleep. It kind of messes with your body, gets your heart rate going. It can mess with a good night of sleep. Number two, worry or anxiety can keep us up at night. The troubles of the day, life's problems that pop up, health, kids, aging parents, you're aging, you're not feeling quite as loose as you used to, finances, the job, lack of job, worry and anxiety. 
Number three, caffeine too close to bedtime. I hear as you get older, you can't drink caffeine past like seven o'clock because it really messes with you. I'm not there yet. I can drink a full cup of caffeinated coffee and go right to sleep, but I know it's coming. So, uh, yeah, I, I see you, Elijah. He's nodding your head. Yep, we're there. Number four, arguments or heavy discussion. If you have an argument or a heavy discussion right before bed, it can trigger up all those hormones, maybe some of that worry, anxiety, maybe even some anger. Uh, but it, I get it, right? Like, if, when the, especially when you have young kids, like the kids are in bed and that's the only time you have to talk, so you, you hash it out and I, I get it, it's, 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 it's challenging. All right, next one is snacking too close to bed. It's just too good. My wife's a baker. Chocolate chip cookies. Can't help it. All right. Screen time. I'll get to talk about this a little bit in, in a minute. But screen time, if we're on our phones or if we're watching TV, if you're on the laptop too close to bed, uh, the screen time can stimulate you and make it difficult to fall asleep. And then the last one is uh, a lack of uh, a nighttime routine. In other words, uh, if you're like me, sometimes you can be going, 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 going so quickly, and then all of a sudden, like, you're right in bed, bedtime. Like, you don't allow yourself some time to wind down and let go, and you jump right to bed and right to sleep. And you might be sleepy, and you might go right to sleep. But what I want to talk to you today about is the difference between sleep and rest. Because there have been many a night where I have gotten a full night of sleep, but I have not gotten rest. See, sleep has more to do with uh, the physical nature, that the way God designed us to sleep and, and to, for our bodies to recover. But rest, true rest, is a spiritual thing. It's in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. Now, if you rest and sleep the way God designed, where they are, uh, this happening at the same time, where you are sleeping and you're resting, that's where true restoration can take place. And that's where God really uses sleep to restore your strength spiritually and physically. And so we're going to talk a little bit about both today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the physical part of sleep and how to prepare for a good night's sleep. But more importantly, we're going to talk about rest, how to truly prepare for a night of rest. And so uh, we crave rest, but, uh, you know, we value it. We, we pay a lot for it, whether you pay for melatonin or sleeping pills or, or whatever it is, like we value rest. I mean, how many things are advertised to help us sleep, whether it's, uh, you know, helping us fall asleep when we're sick or helping us, uh, the promise of, you know, uh, curing sleep apnea. We value rest, but here's the problem. Our culture, our society, and really just our, our, this day and age, we are not set up for success when it comes to sleep and rest. And there's two big reasons for that. The first one is electric light, okay? Electric light. Now, our bodies uh, before electric light really were worked in concert with the light of the day, the sun. That's the way our, God designed our bodies to work. It's called the, the circadian rhythm. In the morning, when the sun is rising, there's what we call blue light, okay? And blue light is designed to stimulate us 
It's designed to uh, wake us up and help us to be alert. And then when the sun sets, that's red light or, or golden light. In the summer, I love what I, I like to call it the golden glow. And the sun's starting to set and the, the days are longer and everything kind of just turns golden, you know, as the sun goes down. But what that does is it triggers melatonin. In our, it triggers our body to start producing melatonin to get us ready for a good night of rest. Now, before electric light, what did we do? We woke up when the sun woke up, maybe to work the fields or, or go to the office, whatever, whatever our job was at that time. We woke when the sun woke up, and then we prepared for sleep as the sun went down. And that was a natural rhythm, the way God designed us. But now that we have uh, electric light, we can keep the lights on all night, whether it's uh, an LED or a fluorescent, like we can keep the lights on all night and stay up all night, okay? You combine that with some of uh, us who like to work and be productive and get things done, especially when the kids go to bed, you, you pull, you know, burning the midnight oil, electric light allows us to do that. Okay, that's part of just the day and age that we live. Now, the second thing that makes it hard, doesn't set us up for success when it comes to sleep, is screens. Okay, we have uh, iPhones, we've got uh, TVs, laptops, like the screen emits blue light, okay? And blue light, you've, you've probably heard this before, blue light from the screen keeps you stimulated, it keeps you alert, and it makes it more difficult for your body to shut down, wind down, and go to sleep. So electric light, blue light, just the day and age that we live. But the third thing is that we also live in the age of information. Now, when we receive new information, okay, it triggers dopamine to be released in our body, which is a pleasure chemical. And we can be addicted to things like the news or social media, things that uh, produce new information for us to take in and consume. But the problem is we can become so addicted that we don't shut it off and let ourselves wind down, or we can be consuming the wrong types of information. I mean, if you take the news, for example, how often does the news portray good news? Normally it's news that's unsettling. It's typically about politics, which is enough to get you angry or impassioned or, or, or something like that. Or maybe it's, it's a crime that's been committed and it's just like, that's not the greatest stuff to go to sleep to. Or maybe it's social media. If we're on social media too close to bedtime and we see all the, the people living their beautiful lives on social media and we start comparing about how our life is not quite like that, man, I would love to be at that beach on vacation. I would love to, to drive that kind of car. I would love to have that kind of success in our job. You start comparing. You start spiraling down into a, a state of depression you, you, just from comparing or even just from being overly uh, addicted to the, the news feed or the, the social feed. Sometimes it's the shows we watch. It's probably not a great idea to watch a scary bed or a scary movie before bedtime. Or even just a movie that's not uplifting. The combination of the blue light from the screen and then the, the content that's kind of unsettling. These are all things that, man, so, sometimes we're doing all of them at once. We're watching a scary movie while we're flipping through our social media feed and also like looking at the news like, on our laptop. Like sometimes we're doing all of them. But any combination of those things can make it very difficult 
for us to fall asleep. So that's the question we're going to ask is in this day and age with everything that's going on, how in the world do we set ourselves up for a good night of sleep? But not just sleep. As followers of Jesus, how do we set ourselves up to get the rest that our souls need? Well, that's what we're going to look at in Psalm 4 today. If you have your Bibles, you can pull them out. We're going to be in Psalm 4. Uh, David wrote this psalm. David wrote the, uh, the majority of the psalms. Um, there are some psalms that weren't written by him, but uh, David was the second king of Israel. Okay, Saul was the first king of Israel. And so David was anointed as king when he was a young boy. Okay, this is before David fought Goliath. Okay, he was anointed. And then before he had the chance to become king while Saul was still alive, David experienced victories, military victories. You know, uh, I believe the phrase was Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his tens of thousands. And so Saul, uh, while David was waiting to become king, Saul developed this jealousy for David. And, and while David was waiting to become king for many years, David was on the run. Like Saul was trying to kill David because of that jealousy and Saul was losing his mind or possessed by a demon. Uh, just all these, all these crazy things were happening. And then during this Psalm that we're going to read, David's already king. And it's most likely that David has experienced some type of calamity in his nation, okay, in the nation of Israel. Maybe it's a, a drought or maybe it's a famine of some kind, but there's something going on. I share all of that to tell you this. David knows what it's like to have a heavy heart that could potentially rob him of not just sleep, but rest. And so that's what we're going to read. We're going to read a psalm, Psalm chapter 4. And in it, David gives us a, a, a few glimpses into what it looks like to spiritually and physically prepare ourselves to get sleep and to get rest. So uh, the first thing, there's, there's going to be four things we, we pick out here. The first thing that we see is that we got to give it to God. Whatever it is, whatever's on our hearts, whatever's on our minds, those things that are weighing us down, we have to give them to the Lord. And here's what we read in Psalm chapter four, starting in verse one. David says, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Now, he's talking about the people who are, are blaming this calamity on David somehow, like he can control the weather, whether it's a, a famine or a drought or whatever it is that's going on. These people are blaming King David. And so he's, he's saying, like, God, I'm calling to you. I know you hear me. Answer me. Give me relief from my distress. You people, like, why are you trying to turn my glory into shame? Why, why, why you got to be hating? Here's what he says in verse three. Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. This is a prayer about confidence. Confidence in the Lord. The Lord hears when I call to him. Two times in these first three verses, David says, I call to you. I call to him. And so that's my first question for us this morning is, are we calling on the Lord? When the weight of the world is on your shoulders, 
when there's problems to solve, when there's, there's things you don't know how it's going to turn out, do we call on the Lord? And I know that sounds so basic, but for me, I have to work hard at that because I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a problem solver. I like to fix things. I like to, do we call on the Lord and do we give him the things that are weighing us down? Do we, do we, do we bring them to his feet? I mean, Jesus said, remember what he said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And doesn't that sound so good? Come to me with your, your burdens and your weariness, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. So uh, Saving Private Ryan is a movie back in the late 90s. Uh, if you don't know, it's about this group of soldiers in World War II, and their mission right after D-Day is to go deep into enemy territory and find Private James Ryan and bring him home. That's their mission. And so uh, you've got this group of maybe 10 guys going through enemy territory to find pr uh, Private Ryan. So there's one scene where uh, one night they're hunkered down in a church to get some sleep. And all the soldiers, they're, they're there and they're kind of just talking, probably decompressing from just the stress of everything that's going on, maybe having uh, a hot drink or, or something like that. And so there's, there's candlelight and everything. So everyone's awake and talking. Everyone except for Private Jackson. Private Jackson is the sniper who is in their uh, little, little troop. And so uh, uh, Jackson, when he fights, if you've ever seen the movie, it's so cool. When he fights, he's quoting scripture. He's praying things like, Lord, let my enemies not triumph over me. Let me, let me make me fast and accurate. He's saying all these really cool things when he fights. And so he's the only one sleeping in this church in the middle of World War II. And the guys are, are sitting there looking at him. And one of the guys says, I, I don't know how he does it. Does what? He falls asleep like that. He's asleep as soon as his head hits, the, hits, hits, hits his, his pillow. And one of the other guys says, because he knows that Jackson is a man of faith. And one of the other guys says, it's a clear conscience. If God be for us, who can be against us? Private Jackson put his confidence in the Lord. He brought his worries and his troubles, his problems to the Lord. And that's where he received his confidence. And because he got his confidence from the Lord, that's where he received peace and rest. So much so that he can fall asleep like that in the middle of enemy territory in World War II. Do we call on the Lord? Do we give our troubles to him and in so doing, receive his peace and, and confidence and rest? All right, so we got to give it to God. The next thing we got to do is we got to be still. We have to be still. And that's very hard to do also in this day and age where we're always doing, always working, always go, go, go but we have to be still. Verse four says this, tremble and do not sin. Get this, when you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. 
when you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Sometimes we just got to be quiet, both physically and spiritually and vocally. Sometimes we just have to just, you just have to stop. Be, just be still. Sometimes when I have done that and, and I, instead of just talking and letting it be a one-way conversation with God, when I have stopped and I've actually let God speak to me in the silence, that's where I hear his voice. Just that gentle whisper. But sometimes it's hard to hear if I'm moving, whether it's physically or, or in my mind or in my heart. Now, don't get me wrong, there is a lot of trouble in this world and a lot that, that keeps us distracted. Uh, and it says, you know, in that, the beginning of that verse, tremble and do not sin. Tremble. Uh, in some other translations, it says, uh, in your anger, do not sin. But there's other things that cause us to tremble. Anger can cause us to tremble. Fear, worry, anxiety. And you may not be trembling physically, but you're probably trembling spiritually. Uh, back in 2017, it was September, and so it was a hurricane season, and I lived in Florida in a trailer. So uh, we had just had our first baby, Katie, just a few months old, and we were going to hunker down in the church. We lived on the church property, and so uh, I was not going to spend the night because it was Hurricane Matthew, I think it was. It was the one that went straight up Florida, and so we were right in the thick of it. And uh, so I was like, you know, we're going to go hunker down at the church. It's an iron building and uh, it'd be better than the trailer. So we did that. We got all hunkered down. We were, uh, but the, the hurricane passed through, it passed through at night. I don't know why they always pass through at night. Like I'd love a hurricane to pass through during the day. So I'm like, I can actually see what's going on maybe. So uh, we lay down to sleep at the end of the, at the, end of the night. And uh, that's when the storm starts to pick up. And everyone else is just at peace. Hannah's uh, just at peace. Katie, even though she's only a couple months old, was starting to sleep through the night. Praise the Lord. But I'm laying there and we're in one of the classrooms of the church. And we're actually, I set up a uh, folding table because there's drop ceiling. I didn't, and I know like the metal building shifts. I didn't want to drop ceiling or anything to drop on us when the wind was going during the night. So we're laying under this table uh, on a, like a blow up mattress and I'm, I, I physically, I was shaking. And it may have been a combination of nerves and adrenaline, but it was also fear. There was new gravity to the situation now that I had, not just my wife, but this little one to take care of. And Hannah's over there quoting Matthew to me, where Matthew's, you know, is recording Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where he says, do not worry, and I was struggling. I was struggling to not worry. I had the radio right here to listen to what was going on, checking the radar, and I was trembling because I was not still in my heart and in my mind. Sometimes we have to be still. Uh, that last verse where it says, offer the sacrifices of the righteous, the sacrifices of the righteous is your heart. 
God wants your heart. He wants you to trust him, to put your faith in him, to put your hope in him. Because when we do, he gives us peace. So you have to give it to God. You have to be still. And the third thing that we have to do as we keep reading is we have to count our blessings. All right. I know that sounds so, that sounds so cliche. Okay. Count your blessings. But read this with me. Verse six, many Lord, this is the people who are uh, trying to uh, just give David a hard time and, and, and heckle him and these different things. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? So if they're going through a famine, if they're going through a drought of some kind, it's probably a lot of the farmers or the city officials probably going, <laughs> yeah, who's going to bring us prosperity in this situation? Hmm? So that's what David's saying. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? And so David asks, the Lord, let, your, let the light of your face shine on us. In other words, Lord, bless us with your presence. Bless us with your providence. Bless us with joy and good things. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. Fill my heart with joy. Sometimes one of the best things you can do to prepare for rest and for sleep is to be thankful, to go through and, and think about all the different things that are going right in your life, the things you have to be thankful to God for. Sometimes in, uh, with everything going on, one of the most basic things I'm thankful for is, Lord, I'm thankful that I'm like horizontal right now. <laughs> like I, I see, yeah, see, no, Dom, Dom is shaking his head. He knows, he knows especially if you have younger kids, like I'm just thankful that I'm like laying down. Lord, I'm thankful for this bed that is here and that everything, I'm, I'm thankful the house is quiet. <laughs> Count your blessings. What's going well when the world seems like it's just tumultuous? You know, during uh, the first few weeks when the war was breaking out with Russia and Ukraine, I, that disturbed me a little bit, but you know what I would be thankful for at night? Lord, I'm thankful that I live in a country where our freedom is, is fought hard for and paid for and, and people sacrifice for our freedom and to keep us safe. I'm so thankful for that. Lord, I'm thankful for a quiet neighborhood, peaceful neighborhood where I don't have, I can go to sleep tonight and not worry about my family being displaced because of a war. When you start going down the list of things you have to be thankful for, it puts things in perspective. And you know what happens? It fills your heart with joy. And when your heart is filled with joy, you experience a sense of peace and contentment in the Lord. Listen, I know that some of you, some of us, you have very good reason for the things that keep you up at night. Heartache. Maybe it's even a health condition. And I, I get that. But we have to count our blessings. I know it sounds so just kind of cliche, but count your blessings. Express gratitude toward the Lord. In Philippians, Paul says, uh, do not be anxious about anything, 
but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to the Lord. And what does it say will happen? And he will give you the peace of God, which guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's a peace that transcends all understanding. Thanksgiving is part of that. All right, last thing I want to say is uh, choose rest. In order to get ready for a great night of sleep and rest, you have to choose rest. In verse 8, David says this, and this is my favorite verse in the the whole psalm. In peace I will lay down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. First and foremost, the last half of that verse, you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. The Lord is the only one who can give us the sense of peace and the sense of rest that our bodies need. But there is a, there is a part that we can play. In the first half, it says, in peace, I will lay down and sleep. Not I hope to, not uh, I'm thinking about it. No, David says, I will lay down and sleep in peace. There are things that we can do to choose rest. And one of the best things you can do is to develop a, a nighttime routine. And so um, that's what we've begun doing in our house and, and we're not perfect at it. I still have to work hard at unwinding uh, at, at night and I still deal with stress, but we've developed a, a nighttime routine. Hannah designed our, our bedroom to where it's uh, darker. It's kind of a, a deep green, a bluish green. And she, she designed it with lamps and sconces. She, she put a tea station in our room, okay? I was like, just just put the Keurig up there. Just that's real quick. It'd be great. Just put the Keurig. She's like, no, we're gonna do a pour over. If if you don't make, if you don't know, a pour over is where you get the coffee ready and it's in the basket with a little uh, carafe right there, and you you slowly pour it over the hot water in the kettle, and then you make your coffee that way. I was like, but it's quick. It's quicker with Keurig. No, the 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 pour over makes you slow down makes you breathe because you're holding it there and helps me take deep breaths and get ready for sleep. It's just that simple act. We have sconces and lamps where our our downstairs in the living room is it's white and we use overhead lighting because that's where we are when we're doing a lot of work or having conversations, you know, the work-related conversations or getting things done. It's meant to be stimulating and to keep us up and keep us productive. But when we go upstairs and retire for the evening, we turn on the lamps. We make a cup, a, a hot beverage, decaf. And we get ready for sleep. We talk. We read. One of my favorite things to do is to journal. Like all the stuff that's swirling around in my head, like I write it down. I journal it out. That's how we choose rest. And then the last thing that we do is we pray together. Sometimes they're heavier prayers. Sometimes they're more simple. But that's how we choose rest and try to prepare ourselves for a night, not just of sleep, but of rest. And so here's what I want you to do today. I'm gonna go through a list of 10 ways to unwind at night. I want you to pick one. As you listen to this list, I want you to pick one to work on, okay? Obviously, I want you to pray and and go to the Lord and do everything we talked about. 
But here are some other like physical things that we can do, okay? So as I go through this list, pick one. These are 10 ways you can unwind at night. Number one is to develop a, a bedtime routine. Maybe that's, that's what you need to do is actually be intentional about developing one. Now, here's some other things you can do in that routine. Number two, go for an evening walk. Expose yourself to the, the setting sun and, and get that red light, that melatonin, the melatonin that comes from that. Go for an evening walk, talk, talk to God, you know, get loose, maybe do some stretching. Number three, choose a time to switch from overhead lighting to lamps, softer light, lower light. Number four, choose a time to put down the phone. For me, when I go upstairs, my phone is downstairs on the workbench. I, just, I don't need to talk to y'all. I'm going to, going to bed. Number five, choose a relaxing activity, uh, whether it's taking a bath or a hot shower or stretching or maybe even getting a, like a lavender candle or something that is promotes sleep and, and helps you to relax. Number six, drink a hot beverage. Something about a, a cup of hot tea or, or something hot, like hot lemon water. Just like that, that hot beverage is soothing, gets you ready for a good night of sleep and good night of rest. Number seven, read something uplifting. Like the good stories like Tolkien and, and C.S. Lewis and, and all, like read something uplifting. Read, read a, a magazine that has beautiful things to look at, like a, like a, a home furniture magazine, whatever ladies floats your boat, I don't know. Read something uplifting. Number eight, and I think this is the most important, pray or journal. Practice giving it to God. Number nine, count your blessings. Number 10, be still. These are all the things that we've been talking about. Choose one. That's your assignment, okay? This week, tonight, choose one of these things to work on. You got it? Anybody need me to repeat them? Sorry, come talk to me afterwards. I'm not going to repeat them if you need one. <laughs> Choose rest. Last thing I just want to remind you of, God designed us to rest. He designed us to, to sleep. But oftentimes we get in our own way. The reason why, okay, why, why are you preaching a sermon about sleep and rest? Like what? Yeah, sure. We can get a good night's sleep. We feel rested, but what, why? First Peter, in that letter, Four times, sorry, three times, he says, be sober-minded and alert. Be sober-minded and alert, one, because the time is near, Christ is coming back. In other words, keep your eyes open for opportunities to, to minister to people and to, to reach others for the, with the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, be sober-minded and alert. Our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We are in a spiritual war. We must be alert, clear-headed. Number three, he says, be alert and sober-minded so that you can pray. So that you can pray. So that you can know what to pray for and who to pray for. Y'all, when I am not sober-minded and alert, whether I'm groggy, grumpy, grouchy, or grinchy, or whatever, whatever it is, I'm not a pleasure to be around. When I'm tired, I get emotional very easily. The world seems bigger and the problems seem bigger than they really are. But when I'm alert and sober-minded because I'm rested in my heart and in my spirit and in my body, I feel clear, I feel alert, and I feel sober-minded, and I'm aware of what God wants me to do.
So choose rest, be alert and sober-minded and experience the, the rest and the sleep and the peace that God designed for us to have. All right, you got your, you got your thing the, out of the list of 10? Got it? All right, let me pray for us and then uh, we'll be dismissed. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity just to gather together as the church, as your body. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to rest in your goodness, in your love, and in your peace. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys are dismissed. See you next week. Go get some rest.